Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast today is sponsored by Nathan Stephen Batesh for the Refuah Shilema of Ezra Ben Magalit. Mechila, um, I, lost, I lost my voice. Uh, yesterday we had the most beautiful wedding. Um, it was really beautiful, really stunning. A friend of mine uh, who I'd worked with for quite a long time has been waiting for uh, a while to get married. And yesterday she got married. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem was magnificent. What a Kiddush Hashem it was. Very, very, very special. Baruch Hashem. And um, I hope, I hope Bezat Hashem that we should be zocheh to experience beautiful simachot one after, on after the next. You know, there was a, a, an amazing experience that the Jewish people of Chutz Laaretz, those of us who live here in the diaspora, have ex, had experienced a, a short while ago. Before the passing of Rav Steinman, who was one of the, the, uh, the great leaders of our generation. And when the leadership, the mantle of leadership fell onto his shoulders, so uh, he, uh, he really took it on in a tremendous way. And he came into Chutz Laaretz, to Eretz Israel, from Eretz Israel, to spend some time with his, uh, with his children over here in, uh, in America. And it was an epic, an epic visit. And he brought Chizuk wherever he went. One random morning in, uh, in New York, in Ateret, the back doors open, and who walks in without any announcement that he's coming, without them getting ready, without the signs, without the children, without anything? Who walks in? Rav Steinman. No one can believe that this has happened, right? You know, this kind of a thing, the visit is scheduled, every minute is planned. They make sure to tell everybody. Anyway, the place is shocked. The rabbi himself is looking, he can't believe that Rav Steinman just walked into his bed. <laughs> into the Beit Midrash, what, what's going on over here? And he sits and waits until after the tefillah, and the whole thing he's thinking, the whole time he's thinking, Rav, he's, Rav Steinman is Ashkenaz. Of all the places to come to pray, he comes to pray here in Ateret, I don't understand what's happening. And you know what, after the tefillah is over, he comes up and he says, you know, we're so honored you're here, but how can, you know, why did you come? Especially it's not Yom Hag, the way to pray. Rav Steinman says, you know, I came from Israel. In Israel, in my minyan, every day we have Birkat Kohanim. When I came now to Chutz Laaretz, so it's true I could pray with my Nusach, with my uh, custom, the Ashkenaz way, but the Ashkenazim in Chutz Laaretz, they don't have a minhag to hear Birkat Kohanim. So I thought to myself, you know, where am I gonna, how am I gonna miss out on one day of Birkat Kohanim? How can I go even one day without having this blessing? I thought to myself, you know what, simple answer, I'll go pray in the Sefer Adi minyan, and I'll have the Birkat Kohanim. Now the Halakha says, for someone who's Ashkenaz, they don't have to have it. They're not obligated. But the point is not about obligation. It's about the privilege of being able to receive that beracha from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Rabotai, I want to share with you something magnificent. You know, we always think of the concept of Birkat Kohanim as a beracha. But actually, if you take a look at the first part of the beracha, it's not really only about beracha. It's about shemira. Yivarecha Hashem v'yishmerecha. It's protection. So this idea is not just adding zeros in the positive sense, in the positive side of the column, but rather also ensuring that the things, the challenges that are coming our way, or the difficulties that are facing us in life, they can't have an access to us either. That is the, the concept of Shemira. There was a young, uh, a man, sorry, an elderly man who his whole life, he's lived in his lane, he's a simple guy, goes to Beit Knesset, learns in the afternoon, get, makes a couple dollars, Simple guy, lovely guy, loved by, loved by, his name was Rabbi Pinhas. Anyway, he receives a letter in the mail, thick letter, stamped on the front is the, 
uh, is the logo, the emblem of the local court in Israel. He's flipping out. Who's who's sending him court documents? And he could tell that it's a it's not just a letter; it's a whole file. He waits till he gets inside, sits down, tears it open, and he starts looking through the pages, uh, Rabbi And he sees in these pages his heart is his heart stops. He can't he can't breathe. There's an entire document here, file, charging that many, many years before, a certain fella, that he remembers this guy, but he doesn't even remember signing anything. This certain fellow had signed him on a, on a document as an arev, as a, uh, a guarantor on a loan for millions and millions of shekel. And now, unfortunately, the loan had defaulted, and now they're coming after him. He doesn't remember signing anything, but here they are, copies photocopies of the document with what, with, with what looks like his handwriting and his signature right there on the bottom. The guy, he's standing there, his face has gone white, his, his wife walks in the room, she said, what's the matter, honey? He can't even speak, he can't even tell her what the problem is. He's so terrified. He looks again, looks at the papers again, she asks him again, she brings him a tea, you know, to maybe calm him down. Finally, he says to her, he shows her the papers, he says, I never, I never signed this. I don't understand how this happened. It's not something I would ever do. Maybe they forged my signature. I can't understand, but it looks exactly like my handwriting. I, I don't know how we're going to get out of this. Never mind millions of shekel. The guy doesn't have 10 shekel to rub together. He travels by bus to B'nai Brak, and he goes to ask Rav Chaim Kanievsky. He says, what should I do? I don't have a leg to stand on. I'm signed on here in this, as a guarantor. They're going to come after me. They're going to take my house. They're going to take uh, my possessions. There's no way I could stand this. What am I supposed to do? I can't even afford, he said, the lawyers to, get, to, to, to be able to win the case. How in the world am I going to deal with this? You know? What am I supposed to do? Rabotai, he, Rav Chaim turns to him and he says two words. You have to understand, Rav Chaim Kanievsky doesn't have time to haki. The last thing that haki is, is balash. We like to say that talk is cheap, but the truth is it's the exact opposite. Talk is very expensive. Talk only gets you into trouble. Lashon ara, promising things you're not going to be able to keep, you know, inappropriate speech. Haki is very expensive, okay? Rev Chaim, he wants to get back to his Gemara immediately. So not only does he give short berachot, but he even condenses the beracha. He says if you go to him, you'll hear him say, Bua. Brachavatzlacha is old school. He's moved on. Brachavatzlacha is too long now. What does he say? Bua. Because that is the first letter of the word bracha. V is the connector. Hatzlacha. Bet. Vave. Bua. That's all he gives you. But you know what? A bua from him is better than a 20 minute bracha from me. Okay? So here he is. He's giving these bracha very short. So his answer. To this guy's big problem, what's his answer? Two words. Birkat Kohanim. That's what he says. That's enough for our poor uh, fellow, Rav Pinchas. He rocks up the next day. There's something that we don't really have in our synagogue. Thank God in our synagogue today, we have a minyan at 6.30. We have a minyan at 7.15. We have a minyan at 8 o'clock. I know Sammy would like to tell you that we only have one minyan at 8 o'clock, <laughs> but, but it's not true. That's, well, I mean, it's two. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not true. We have three minyanim. And you know what? We're very proud, Baruch Hashem, of our, 
of our workers' minyan at 6.30. You know, the guys that need to be there exactly on time. 7.15, beautiful minyanim, each one of them. But in Israel, they have this amazing idea called shtiblach, where they get basically, instead of a synagogue, they get like a five-bedroom apartment. And non-stop in each one of the bedrooms, there's another minyan. The second they have 10 more people, they shove another guy, 10 guys in the thing. And you go, you know what's amazing? Sometimes you come late, you're in a bit of a rush, you have to go to the airport, you know, you're still packing, you run to the minyan. It's like, you know what, it's like a menu. In room number one, you have Baruch She'amar. Room number two, Hallelujah. Room number three, the Abtu Barakhu. Room number four, it's pick your own adventure, you know? And you know what, Hazit, you find some guys, they're not even sure how much time they're gonna have. So they take the fast route, they go to room one, three, four, five, and then if they have extra time, after they caught the, the, uh, the, the, the uh, Kriyata Torah over, here, over there, they can maybe catch something else, a little Ketoret or something. Then they go back to the other minyan. You see people running back and forth all the time. It's magnificent, Rabotai. So this guy, you know what he does? He prays the first minyan in the Shtiblach. The first minyan, Netziani, right? And then the guy sits there all day until Zeman Tefillah ends. From six, let's say, until nine. The guy sitting there, he's going majnun every day, going from minyan to minyan, getting birkat kohanim. Rabutai, he no longer spends three hours in shul going birkat kohanim. But till this very day, he goes every single day to get at least make sure that he catches a birkat kohanim. And since that first letter arrived at his desk, which has him dead to his rights, there hasn't been a movement, even one iota, of the court case. Do you know how long it's been since that first letter arrived at his doorstep? One time the case is pushed. The next time the court is uh, taking off of their session for vacation. The next time the other guy can't turn up. The next time, you know how long it's been since the first letter? 12 years. 12 years, case has not moved. He's not even visited the courthouse one time. That is the power of Birkat Kohanim. It is capable of stopping the, uh, what's it called, the problems that we have uh, in, in their tracks. We say if in the Sefaradi, uh, what's it called, Nusach, um, we say a line, and I think a lot of times people don't know what it means. We say, Le'olam Amonai Nisab Bashamayim. And then you have always some guy who goes majnun, Leole, right? That's how it goes, right? Okay. What does it mean, Leolam? I always love that. The guy who stretches for 10 minutes the word Leolam, which means forever, right? Leolam, the guy's dragging that out forever. Leolam, what does it mean? Devarachan Whenever we use the words that God says to us, there's a word, Amira, which means soft speech. And there's the word Dibur, which means harsh speech. Leolam devarachan, God, the harsh speech that you have for us, the Gizerot, the problems, the issues, the challenges, the problems with health, with shiduchim, with business, with relationships, with our dreams being fulfilled, all of those things, whenever there's a harsh word, nisab bashamayim, let it stay up in shamayim. I don't need it to come down over here. Chalas, fikni, like they say. Let it stay up over there. And that is exactly this concept. May God protect us always from all the things that are coming our way. What an opportunity we have uh, here every single day to be able to get. And I, I will end with the words of the Hafez Chaim. The Hafez Chaim used to yell at people all the time. 
they would come to him for a beracha as a great rabbi. And all of us do it. We all go to berachot, we ask. And he said, why are you coming to me? And they said, what do you mean? You're a rabbi. He says, you're coming to me as a rabbi when the Torah tells you how to get a beracha. Torah says right over there, tells you what you need to do in order to be blessed. So if you have it, you know, signed, sealed, delivered by God in the Torah that he gave you, just follow the instructions on the box. You know, we have this beracha each and every day. Sometimes I wonder, you know, I feel like the ladies' section, it should be full. We should have full people come, even if you're only going to come for a few minutes. Even just to, you know, take the beracha and leave. You know, sometimes you have uh, spoiled teenagers, and they come to you, and they say, Oh, Abba, I love you so much. And you say, What do you need? What do you want? Right? But you're happy to give it, because it's a kid that loves you. You know? At least come pick up the check. Faddal to the bed, Knesset. Come down, pick up the check. They're giving them out freestyle, you know, and in the Syrian community, we're lucky because our history uh, and our heritage means that the city, the, uh, the community of Halab, of Aleppo, was full of Kohanim. In many communities, you have opportunities for Kohen that you can't find the Kohen for love or money, you know? And over here, I remember one time I was in my father's synagogue and they said, Kohanim, and I think over a third of the Beit Knesset went up to the front. You know, I have to tell you, that is a remarkable thing. You know, it's a remarkable thing. I think sometimes when you see the pictures of the Bet, of the Kotel uh, Ma'aravi, with all the Kohanim, they're like an ocean of Kohanim. I feel like they're all Halabi and there's four Ashkenaz guys, right? <laughs> you know, it's um, unbelievable the ratio that we have of Kohanim. So we have that opportunity here. What a great thing to do for Shemirah, for blessings. You see Rav Aaron Leib Steinman, who has many blessings in his life who has blessings from HaKadosh Baruch Hu from all of his mitzvot. Still, while the short time he was here, his whole life he gets it every single day in Israel. But he couldn't last even just a couple of days without taking that opportunity to come to a Sephardic Bet Midrash to grab it one more time. What an unbelievable thing to be able to, uh, to, be able to access. May HaKadosh Baruch Hu uh, bless us each and every day. And that is the problem, the issue with Koram. We need to start a revolution on kol lachash, you know, uh, what's it called? Like the Pasuk says, you know, where is God? The Navi waits for the big noise and he can't find God. The Navi waits for another rash and he can't find God. And he asks, where is God? And then finally there's a kol demamadaka, a quiet sound, because God is found in the silence. And sometimes I feel like saying that in the Minyanim where we're pushing to do Quran, I say God is found in the silence, in the lahash. If we have an opportunity to be able to take one more minute, two more minutes, that's how long it takes. We'll make a deal, I promise you, in all the shuls. We'll tell the Hazanim, if you have people who are itching for Quran, that we'll spend 10 seconds less, you know, one minute less on Nakdishah. We'll sing it a little bit faster so that you have you have Birkat Kohanim and Be'ezat Hashem. Whatever it is that we seek, uh, Be'ezat Hashem will be able to be Zuchay uh, to have what it is that we need in our lives. Baruch Adonai Le'olam.